0: Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space.
1: Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company but might not have all the tools and processes to do so.
0: On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces Podcast.
1: Without further ado, let's get on with the show.
0: Hello, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces Podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, alongside the one, the only Dwayne Drawn. What's going on, Dwayne?
1: What's going on, boss, man? Everything's good, man. Just enjoying the morning. It's beautiful out here. The weather's nice. It actually cooled down a lot. Um, it was almost so cold last night. It really wasn't cold, but it was like down to the mid-70s. Mm-hmm. almost turned on the heater, you know what I mean? Because it's been like 95 and 97 for the past,
0: I mean, three weeks. Yeah. It's been nonstop. stop here in Pennsylvania, we just got whacked with that uh, hurricane that would turn into a tropical depression, came up through and dumped Six to eight inches of rain all over the place here, just hose the hell out of it. We just had a big one come through a couple of weeks ago, and it's it's really just beating the places up and a lot of flooding and stuff. But uh, yeah, I guess that's the end of the summer. That's when we get the big hurrah till the leaves fall off, right?
1: Yeah, I saw that. I saw that, you guys. Actually, when I was talking to Andrew yesterday in the class, yeah. he was like, man, we're just getting rain
0: out the wazoo. And you can look out the window behind him. And it was just wet. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just coming just down. Just soaking wet. Yeah, just coming down like crazy for sure. So, today's topic, guys, we're going to talk about something that we've both Dwayne and I have experienced in our lives. And maybe you have, or maybe you haven't yet, but you will eventually. So, we're going to talk about it today. And it's this idea that success, we all want success in business and in life and in sports or whatever it might be that you're trying to achieve. You want the success side of it. But what we don't understand or don't know often is the fact that it's rented. And what I mean by that is if you don't continually keep up those those habits and rituals and the practice and the going to the gym and working on, you know, doing the, the lifts or whatever you're doing, right? The, if you don't continually keep working at that, it will eventually f- fade off and subside. right? That's just the nature of these things. Same with your business. If you're focused on growing, 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 and then you stop and you focus on something else, that business will slowly slow down and it will slowly disappear, right? This is the nature of success. It is rented. So you have to pay the rent every single day. We're going to talk today about some of the ways that we pay rent every single day toward our successes. And also some of the stories we've had that kind of took us in a direction that we had to learn this lesson the hard way. Because we're not here to preach about a bunch of shit you guys, you know, philosophically might hear from us. We're here to tell you about the stories that really affected our lives. And hopefully you can avoid some of those painful ones and uh, do more of the ones that really pushed you. So I'll start out here with a story that I don't, you know, it's something that's very personal to me where, you know, I started training for American Ninja Warrior about three and a half, four years ago. And I would go twice a week to the gym and I would then have my own obstacle course in my garage. I converted it all over so that I could be working on all this stuff, all the, the, the details you need to work on on a daily basis in order to become better. And I worked and worked and worked on that for four years. And you know, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm you know, stronger than I've ever been. I'm turning 43 in a month and I've never been stronger in my life. And I've been just really proud of what I've been doing. But then you know what? COVID came along and, you know, the gym shut down and I kept training, but it wasn't so much in the Ninja Warrior side of things. I started running a lot more and still being physically active, but not as determined on the the Ninja Warrior side of things. So I'll fast forward this forward to now, obviously gyms are back open again. I'm going back in, you know, maybe once a week now, my schedule's crazy, but getting in there once a week and I'm finding that all that work that I did then is still there, but man, the, the the endurance has faded incredibly. Like things I used to be able to do, I look at them like, yeah, it's no problem. And I go up to do them now. And it's like, yeah, it's going to take a lot. Now I know the muscles are there. Everything is there. It's just a matter of going back and re, um, you know, getting those muscles refired up and reprimed and ready to go. But it really was one of the first times in my life that I was, I, I looked at it and I said, you know what? Success is really rented. It's really rented. And, and I haven't been paying rent. And that's why these things are becoming more of a struggle for me now. And and man, there was nothing more real than that. When I looked at that, I'm like, man, and some of the guys that are, that are there, that are crushing it every week, that are out there working, the ones that were, you know, were, were still working on things that I could crush before now are surpassing me because they didn't stop paying rent. They kept working at it. They kept going to the gym. They kept doing the reps. They kept doing all that stuff. So, and this is no different than business, guys. We're going to transition over here in a minute once we hear some of Dwayne's stories. But we're going to transition in how business, how in business this exact thing will happen. So, Dwayne, do you have any stories to uh, to tell us?
1: Yeah. And, Joshua, that is so, like, deep about what it is. I, I've had two two big incidents like that that I saw the progression of hunger. And then, then they stopped. And I think you and I even talked about this one time. It was like uh, in running – you would would hit this pinnacle and running. And once you hit it, you sort of like stopped and you didn't do anything else. But there was a time when um, I was DJing and the DJing actually was just literally started off as a hobby. Um, One of my friends, James Reinhardt, gave me some files, computer files, and it was probably like 150 songs. And I would just play with them after work. And one of my employees at the time would come in my house and we'd smoke and you mean know, drink and play music from the computer and listen to it on the speakers. And he was getting married. Like, dude, you should do my wedding. And I'm like, bro, I don't know shit about DJing. He's like, come on, man, just do my wedding. So like, you know I mean? I'm courageous. So I do the wedding, you know what I mean? And it was a success. And so then you start progressing. And so now I progress to this DJ. So I just get all this equipment. I'm hitting the clubs. I'm DJing four nights a week now, you know? I finally make it to like the pinnacle. You know what I mean, where I'm DJing at these downtown clubs, I got one spot where there's 3,000 people in this club and they're, I mean, it's freaking insane, insanity. And it lasted for, you know, everything has a cycle. It lasted for, you know I mean, five, six months and they change up the routines. You know what I mean and then they bring other DJs and stuff in. So my cycle was flipped out and changed. Well, I wasn't really on the DJ circuit then. So I didn't know how to go out and get the other job down the street at the other club down the street. So I was now back at DJing at the old little, it wasn't even rundown club, but the suburb club that I started at. And I'm like, at this point, I could care less anymore. So I I basically lost the drive to want to DJ again because I'm not at that big club anymore. It was just a huge thing. And then a year later, the huge club calls me back. Hey, we want you to come back. You're so amazing. Come back in here. we got these special sets in this other room when you come back. I get in there and I completely bomb. Give me this hot ass DJ that I was. I bombed because there was no rent. I was no practice. There was nothing. Like I was the the. I made it sound good, but the skill level of who I am and what I held myself to the standards were it clearly was not there. You know what I mean? And and this is this is the Super Bowl. This is the Olympics. You know what I mean? This is the Olympics of DJing. This is these events, and I'm like, and so I I basically retired. And Mm. that's been what eight nine years ago. I've been really thinking about. Getting some equipment to start back, and especially after COVID, I did start scratching and getting into a little bit of stuff, and I realized that it's going to take a lot of practice to get there. Yeah, I mean, a lot of practice, and I'm like, I don't even know if I'm de- dedicated enough to get back to where I was. But I'm still thinking about it. Like you're, you're thinking about boxing, I'm really thinking about buying some equipment. I've been pricing out next week. Next thing you know, we're going to be DJing this shit. You know what I mean? So I love it. That's one. Another one was riding my bike. Is I think it's you and I, we talk about this experience. Uh, My father died like eight years ago. I was losing my mind. I didn't know at the time, but I was in one deep ass depression Mm -hmm. that probably lasted four or five years. I had no clue. You asked me. I thought I was cool, but I was deep. And so what I was doing was I was getting up on the bike and every other day I'd ride 45, 50 miles a day on the bike. I mean, crazy shit. You mean then one day I just said, fuck it. I'm going to ride my bike to Wisconsin. So I rode my bike to Wisconsin, took a selfie, put this shit on Facebook, turn around and come back. It was like 127 miles. Okay? I stopped riding after that because I was like I hit that level of pinnacle. So then this year I say I'm going to start riding again. And I don't have the speed. I don't have the endurance. I don't have anything. And I almost quit. But now that there's something actually what we're going to talk about today is rent is due every single day. Now what I do is every single day I wake up in the morning at five o'clock five four three two one my feet hits the ground damn near by five o one I run into the closet actually I run into the bathroom brush my teeth run into the closet turn on the lights get dressed put on my cycling gear and I hop out hop on my bike but around five twenty one and I'm gone and it's fucking pitch black I can't see anything I do that every day mm-hmm. and so and that is building the rent. I mean today I was looking down. I was averaging 17 miles per hour on the bike and only because I do it every single day. Yep. I'm paying rent on it. Yep. You know what I'm saying?
0: Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And I have the same experience with running where I, you know, originally I was not interested in running at all. I just needed something to build the cardio up. And I was like, and I feel best during the day when I, when I, when I conquer the morning. So I'll, you know, I separate two hours of my day to focus on mind, body and soul. Right. So that was my, my body side when COVID was going on and, and ninja wasn't really as much of a thing in my life. So I started running and I started to push and I was like, you know, the farthest I had ever run was five miles. And then the furthest I'd ever run was 13 miles. And I was like, holy moly. And these are solid eight pace miles. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, they're, they're decent for a 43 year old, but anyway, and then one day it was raining out. I'll never forget it. It was, you know, the, it was a kind of a warmish day and I think it was in August and it was raining outside and I said, you know, I don't eat breakfast. So I get up and go and I said, all right, let's see how far I can go today. Let's see how far I can run before my body just shuts the fuck off. I don't know. It was just one of those days. So I strapped on my running shoes and went out, set my my watch, my Apple watch, and said, let's run. And off we went. No food, no water, nothing. How far can we go? So I ran and ran up and down hills. Pennsylvania is hilly. It's not flat by any means. So we're up and down hills. Uh, going along highways with trucks flashing, splashing and throwing everything at you, right? So it was, but I love for some reason running in the rain. I don't know why I've I've come to that, but it, it's something I enjoy because it's more of a challenge. Anyway, and I'm running and I'm running. And at a certain point, man, I am just so thirsty, probably about mile 10 or 12. I am just so thirsty that I could, I could drink anything at that point. So I'm going along with my hand, slapping leaves that are wet, licking my hand, trying to get water. And at a certain point, I actually, uh, I bent down next to the, the road where the water was running and just drank out of the stream running by it because I was just so thirsty and extremely hungry too. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to go until I can't possibly move again. And I kept going and going. And I got to mile 20. And I hit the wall and I tried every single mind thing I could possibly think of to get through, but my legs collapsed from out from underneath me. And they said, that as far as you're going to run with no food, no breakfast, no water, none of that stuff. This is as far as you're going to go. And that was a solid eight minute mile, sometimes a little less up and downhill. So for me, I was like, holy crap, if that's my line right now with no extra nourishment, like where else could I go? So then I, I my, my kids were super excited about it. I didn't tell anybody. I just did it. Right. And, uh, next thing you know, I'd actually had to call Becky in the office and say, Becky, can you pick me up? I physically can't get home. (laughs) So she actually, she goes, where are you? And I only had my watch on. That was it. I had no money with me, nothing. I was like, I'm burning the boats. We're going until we can't go anymore anyway. So I could call her through my watch. Thank goodness. And I told her where I was, and she came and picked me up. And she's like, what the hell did you do? We were wondering where the hell you were in the office. No, but you weren't there. Or like, where did you go? I'm like, I just ran until I couldn't anymore. And for no other reason than just to see where that wall would be. Because I was curious, how far could I possibly go? Anyway, so with that being the case, I was like, you know, that's good. But deep down, I wanted to run a marathon. That was the goal that day. I wanted to push myself to 26.2. That was my goal. But 20, my body collapsed, and I said, "Okay, I learned something. It wasn't a failure. This is a learning episode." So I was like, "Okay, I know what I need to do to get to a marathon. I've never even thought I could do this, and now I'm like, I'm going to do this." So I promised. Uh, That's the best way to set a goal or a must is to tell everybody around you you're going to do something on a certain date. That's just what it is, right? So I said, "My birthday, my 42nd birthday." I told my family, "I'm like, I'm going to run a marathon, and I want you guys to be part of it in any way we can." Right? So my my wife was off that day. My kids were part of it. It was great stuff, all motivational, like good stuff. And then we'd set up like 10 mile increments where I'd stop and get a, you know, 30 seconds of water and a bite of a banana with salt on it and off I'd go again. Right. So that was at least I had nourishment, which made it much more uh, conducive to finishing the whole thing. But anyway, fast forward, you know, I get out on my birthday. It's a beautiful day. I run the first 20 miles in a solid eight pace on the road. And at the end, I had this idea where I was going to go up this hill and then go into a park. And I was going to finish my last six up on top of this hill because it's a beautiful park. It'd be a great ending to this whole thing. and be beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> what I didn't realize is after the 20 miles when I hit this hill, it was an absolute fucking monster. It was a monster hill. And I didn't realize how steep it was until you're running it after 20 miles of running, right? So I'm like, holy crap. So I actually had to break my cadence and I had to fast walk up this hill because I could not physically move my feet fast enough to go up the hill that way, got to the top, finished off on top and ended up going back down into another park and finished the entire thing. And that was that it was done. Got home. The kids had banners up and I went through the, you know, the finish line for them and the pictures and all that was fun stuff. I, I'll never forget that day. But anyway, my point is that I kept, working at getting this goal because i said you know what i want to see if i can do it i don't know where the edges are i know 20 miles was an edge with no food no water how far can i go this way and obviously by a little bit of planning i went much further but at the end of the day the funny part is i haven't run great distance since that day that was like to your point it was a culmination of things and i'm like all right well now that I've done it, I've done it. Put it in my put it in my uh, cookie jar, right? Like Goggin says, put it in your cookie jar. And, I, and so now, when I'm running or doing whatever, like dude, you ran a marathon. What the fuck is seven miles? What? But I've never run great distance like that since. And I really don't have much of a want to. I just wanted to prove myself that I could. Now I say all of this to come back to the fact that now I'm back running again, two three miles a day, and. I really don't have much of an interest to go further than that. But I feel like now when I'm running that far, my mind is back to, okay, you only need to run two or three miles. I don't have that want to go further. My body says you don't need it. My body doesn't want it. So at the end of the day, since I didn't pay rent for a big gap of time between that marathon and when I started running more consistently again, I now feel like I'm starting back at square one. And I know I'm not starting back at square one, but I didn't pay the rent like I did before. I was running average. I was running five to seven miles a day. I was running 40 to 50 miles a week. Just to get prepared for this marathon. And then once I stop paying that rent, I go back to more of a normalized, you know, existence. So this is all, you know, these are just stories we're sharing. But now we got to translate this into business, right? How does this translate to business? You're not running anywhere, you're not cycling, you're not DJing, you're not ninja worrying. Like, what do you how does this tie into business? And I'm gonna just lead in with this and then we'll have more of a conversation about it. But I know in business, I've been business, you know, about as long as Dwayne has now, about 25 years or so. And we've had times and I've definitely had times where I'm really super focused on growing the business. I have a very clear vision of what's going to happen, all that. I put all this energy behind it. It starts to grow. It starts to take off and everything's going well. And then I get stuck working in the business. Like I jump back into business, I grab on the old controls that I'm used to. And I go back out in the field and I'm working directly with customers and I'm setting up logistics of things and all that good stuff. And then I find myself looking back at what I started in the beginning of the year and saying, holy shit, like, that was working then, but now it's not working anymore. Like all that energy that went in the beginning, I haven't kept it up. I haven't kept that momentum. The, the rent hasn't been paid. Now I start to see it dive, 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 dive. Then I pick it back up again. And then it dive, 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 dive. And that's and it seems like this cycle, especially in a, in a very seasonal business like we're in, that we have such ebbs and flows that if you, in the winter, put all your energy into marketing and get everything exciting and then all of a sudden spring hits, you get a bunch of work and you start forgetting about the marketing side and then it drops off and you pick it back up and it drops off. And it's I've done that most of my career until I learned that that's not the way it works. And then all of a sudden, once you figure that out and you're like, holy crap, crap if you pay rent every single day, in your business too, and you set up rituals and and different ways of doing that, then we're going to talk a little bit about what we do in order to make that happen. But once you do that, it stays more level. Life stays more level, whether you're training or growing a business. So Dwayne, what do you have to say about that?
1: You know, just talking, just hearing you talk about that makes me, I mean, just sort of going through my head where the rent is actually must be paid first. And the reason why we have these ebbs and flows like in the running, the cycling, the DJing, the business and everything else is because we're paying rent to the wrong God, per se, Uh, meaning that the rent must be paid within you first. And I noticed that there was a huge shift and change in my life when I started following the daily rituals for me personally in my life every single Mm day. like. I could want the business to grow it like it to take off, like even all the years that I'm even talking about some of the financial stuff, I had some huge successes. I mean, some huge wins and some hellacious falls. You mean even during that time, it wasn't all doom and gloom. It was some really great times, but there was never a time where I took the time to invest and pay the rent and me in the moment. I started doing that. It actually didn't happen overnight. None of this stuff. I think this is what holds a lot of people back is they hear the stuff you and I say and they do it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It didn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. I tried to meditate and it didn't work. I couldn't like, dude, it takes, you know, how long it took me to learn how to meditate. Like I'm still learning. I'm still a student. It doesn't it doesn't just happen overnight. It takes time. Exactly. But when I started investing into myself, my psyche, who I am, my timing is when I was able to even see that the business was doing its thing. Like like you just like you said, you'll market the hell out of the business in the beginning of the season. And then once you get all the work, you'll stop marketing. Um, then you're like, damn, where's all the work at? Yep. And then you you I mean, then you gotta chase it back up. And and it's just like paying rent again. Now you gotta fire it off, 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 fire it off to get the same result that you were getting just by a fire and a fire and a fire because you had already paid that rent. And so now you got to fire back that thing and dig back in it again, and you're you're already like, fuck, I did, I didn't pay the rent. I mean, I didn't pay the rent. And so I guess as business owners, what we're getting smart is we got to start hiring people to pay that rent. Okay, hey, you're hired to do this, and this Mm -hmm. is what I need you to do every single day. Fire this off every day, and that way we can get some, we can get that covered. But you don't even see those ebbs and flows until you start paying the rent within yourself and who you are and your psyche and your being. You mean, and once you see, and once you start paying that rent within yourself, then you it's sort of like this thing opens up. I, I know sometimes when I'm in my meditation, my whole to-do list pops up.
0: Yeah. And
1: really, that's the only time I get clear on my my to-do list is I'll quiet my brain, quiet my soul, quiet the environment, and foo, 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 it just start, I could see it floating in the air. Boom, 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 get this, call this, do this, call this, do this, call this, boom, boom, and you just start knocking shit out. I yeah. mean? But- that's sort of when it happened for me.
0: Yeah, totally. I mean, you're, you're right. Absolutely. Cause all this comes from inside. You have to have a really strong why to, you know, in these different elements to make sure that they become something that you really want to do. And that's really the goal is to find things that you really light you up and get you fired up. But you know, in business, the crazy part is that when we first start out, I know I've said this a hundred times, but when we first start out, We end up working in our business because we got to get everything running. You know, we don't have anybody yet potentially as employees like we need to do everything. So we're working in our business. And then this hard thing is trying to get the time to work on the business and actually grow it. And as a business owner and as a leader, your ultimate job is to be that person who works on the business more than in the business. And that is that is a tough transition for most. You know, I know I struggle most of my career making that transition so that you aren't an employee of your business, but that you're an actual uh, entrepreneur where you own a business that actually provides an ROI, uh, not just on your time, but on others as well. So the goal here is to create that environment so you can do that. Now, making that transition is scary you know, most never get to that point. They, they stay as owner operators most of their career because it's, it's, I don't want to say it's easier because it's not easier. Dwayne, you know that as well as I do, but it seems simpler in the beginning because you can trust yourself. You can say, okay, this is how I've always done it. It's been successful. If I change something, oh God, what's going to happen. Right. But when you know that when you start getting this deeper understanding inside yourself, knowing that, you know, there are many other people that can do what I do much better. And that was a huge awakening for me when I started hiring people and find people that I'm like, oh my God, things I used to struggle with, these guys eat for breakfast. Things that I that used to catch me up, they're doing in seconds. Things that used to take me days and days to design, they're doing it in minutes. So it's it's it blows my mind how long it took me to realize that to a point where I say, you know what, it's really tough to 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 really nail that down and get a sense of what's going on. So really to be able to put that in perspective is, you know, you don't have to be that person who always um you know doing everything you can let it go to a team you can let it go to one person you can start running out lists of what you would want to let go you know but coming back around to this you know if you don't start thinking about the bigger picture the bigger picture meaning you know the, how are you going to work more on your business and not in your business and how are you going to spin this around and realize that if you don't work on your business that's the rent if you will if you don't pay the rent working on your business you're not going to be able to do much more you're always going to be stuck where you are
1: my office manager did something like now like I, I find new stuff for her to do and she recently just went through my emails and I had over four hundred unread emails and I had thirty six hundred total emails inside the system. Now I have up until yesterday sixty five unread emails and I think I'm down like sixteen hundred. And she just went through and just knocked shit out. Yeah. And Waiting for me waiting to do that, obviously that's why it wasn't getting done, is because now I'm focused on something else. Yep. And so I'm focused on running a business, I'm focused on marketing, Focus focused on designing something else. So I'm not focusing on checking these emails and knocking them off and getting them done. And so then when I sit back and have to do that email, because they say go through them every single day, I'm already two weeks behind rent on my yeah. email. Yep. You understand what I'm saying? So I look at the screen and I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do any of this today. You know, and then I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it the next day. And they just keep piling up and piling up, and piling up. And so by understanding that that's a flaw in me or I'm behind rent on that, I'm like, why not have somebody who this is what they enjoy doing? Why not have them knock that out? I mean, like, who not out? Like, find them out and knock that out. And I was having a conversation with my son. He's starting a new business, like a media company. It's called The Gnome. And one of the biggest issues, my son is a very brilliant child, young man. Now he's like 26. And one of the problems that I have, that I see that he has is procrastination. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, I, may, I mean, you talk about force. I forced him to read that 5, 4, three, two, one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sent him a message every single day. I finally told him, I said, listen here. I said, dude, I read about six books a month. Okay. And I said, I suggest only a couple books to you a year. So if I suggest a book to you, fucking read it, because I read a whole bunch of books. So I'm dropped. This one is a jewel to you. So he reads it. He's like, oh, my God, Dad, thank you. It's all me. I'm like, hell yeah, I know, because I know (laughs) who I'm dealing with. You mean this book is to you. And so now what I'm noticing is, is that he's starting to churn out Mm the rent every year. You mean, I'm seeing a video pop up on YouTube. I'm seeing a video pop up on Instagram. I'm seeing a video pop up on, what do you call it, TikTok. Mm -hmm. And what I told him the other day was, I said, do you understand that you're two, three moves away from whatever you want in life? And I said, the words that are coming out of my mouth, you can't just hear them. Okay. And and if you listeners are listening to this podcast, you can't just hear what I'm saying. You got to understand all of us, you, Joshua, me, Dwayne, Isabel, You mean, Francis, Angelica, Devin, my, my family. We are all two or three moves away from whatever we want in life. But we got to get up and pay that rent every single day. We got to yeah. get up. We got to pay for it. And yeah. you can't just know this. You can't just understand. You can't, yeah, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. No, no, no. You got to go every single day and dig at it. And, yeah. dig it. and you got to remind yourself, set markers, set notes this morning. My alarm clock went off early. No, it didn't actually didn't go off early. The light in my bedroom kicked on at 4, 4 o'clock for some reason. And the light switch was broke. And so Isabel must have left it on. And at 4 o'clock, it kicked off, woke us up in the morning. So I'm like, you know, I'm not going back to bed because I get up at 5 anyway. So I woke up. And I took that time to actually meditate before getting on the bike. And then my meditation was so raw, I didn't want to ride the bike. Yeah. And so I said, get the fuck on the bike. Yep. And I hopped on the bike. And I knocked out my 10 miles. Yep. And, and today was a morning where I had to dig deep. Because after I actually got riding, I was okay, mm-hmm. but I did not want to get on that bike. Like I was so chill. I was so zinned out. I was so so just right. I was like, I'll just work out tomorrow. I'm like, no. I told myself, literally said, get the fuck on the bike. Yep. Literally did. And I turned that shit on, got on that bike, and mocked out my tent. And that's that's what you got to have. Like, And the thing is, I can't do it for you. Yeah. You can't do it for me, Josh. You can you can motivate me, you can tell me things, you can be patient with me, but you I can't do it for you. You gotta do it. Like when David Goggins talk about motivation, it's not motivation anymore. It's it's you gotta pay that rent every day. And nobody can do it for you.
0: Yeah. You're absolutely right, dude. You're absolutely right. And that 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 check, if you will, that rent check is due every freaking day. So you think about it, you're like, all right, that's great, guys. You have all this whatever ideas you have how do, What does it mean to me? How can I possibly start something like this? Right. And the cool part is it's really very simple. Okay. And Tony Robbins says it best. It's this concept of two millimeters, right? Two millimeters is a very small fraction of space. But imagine if every day you just put two millimeters of effort into different sectors of your life and you did that five to seven days a week, the accumulation effect of all of that for me, Two millimeters a day means two hours in the morning, where I, you know, spend on my mind, body, and soul. I either work out with my wife, or, and or run. I do my meditation. I prime. I dance. I sing. I do all those things to bring me back to to the gratitude of that my life is to me, all the gratefulness that I have in my life. Right. I spend two hours a day doing it. That is my two millimeters for that bucket for the day. Then I spend with the different companies that I run. I have you know time that I spend in each one in order to make sure each one of those is moving two millimeters closer to the goals, right? Setting the goals and getting two millimeters closer. Same with family, okay? I wanna make sure that I'm there in the morning when the kids are packing their own lunch for school. They've done that since day one, but I wanna be there with them to hear about how their day is gonna go, what they're excited about, all that. I don't wanna be the absentee father that's only focused on the business the entire time, and that at the end of, you know, 20 years, the kids are graduated, they're going to college, and I'm like, well, what the hell happened? What happened at that time, right? I don't want that to be me, so I make sure that I spend two millimeters of time, Minimum with the family, with the kids, and then the wife—the same thing. We sit down and talk. We take walks every single day. You know, we, we go around our block, we go around our neighborhood, our plan, and we just talk. That's it. We walk and we talk, so that each of those buckets in my life—the family, the the business, that the mental, spiritual side of things, the physicality—every day grows just a little bit, two millimeters. And every one of those things by themselves are not hard to do. So if you, I read a book once, I think it was called Micro Habits or something to that effect. And they said, if you want to create any habit in life, that's going to stick around. You need to make sure that it's something that you could do even on your worst day, right? Pick a thing. For instance, if you want to start reading books, say you're going to read five pages a day, two pages a day, 10 pages, whatever is up for you. Pick a number that even on your worst day with a migraine or hungover, you could do so that you don't have to worry about. Those days when you get up, and you're like, I don't want to do 300 pushups. That's what I normally do. But I don't want to do that because it's just too much for today. I don't feel like it. But if you only committed to 10, you could do that on your worst day. And you're still filling that bucket. You're still working two millimeters closer to your goal. And I know we've had this on another podcast. And you're building self-confidence. You know to trust your fucking word. When you know your word is king to yourself, everything changes. When you keep those promises that you've made to yourself ten push-ups a day ten pull-ups whatever the hell it might be maybe it's calling two clients, maybe it's greasing two machines, whatever the hell it might be it doesn't matter what it is, but that you keep those commitments to yourself and those promises you grow inside as well to dwayne's point that these these rents are due, but they're also internal as well so Think about what you do each and every day. You think about family, you think about business, you think about your personal you know, your health, you think about your mental and spiritual health, you think about all of these different things, goals you have in life, and what are two, three, four, five things you can do a day? Two millimeters of them, something so small, but every day you're gonna build momentum just like a snowfall. It slowly falls and eventually you've got feet of snow. It's the same concept with all of these pieces. This is how you can move multiple businesses a personal life you know romantic life your uh, family life all of these things up evenly that's how the the, the big guys that you read about it that's how they do this stuff they do them all more evenly not just go at work wide open and work you know 80 hours a week and never see their family and the family leaves them right or spend all the time with the family they don't have enough money to live the lifestyle they want and then they're Know, separated anyway. So how do you move all those pieces up more uniformly? And the way you do it is through rituals and taking on super small pieces each and every day that you might want to do. Like maybe for you cycling, if that was your thing, maybe you just commit to a mile a day. And you know what? Once you're on that bike and you're riding the mile, you're going to want to go further. When you open that book and you commit it to one page a day, all of a sudden, the something interesting in that book picks up and next thing you know, it's 10 pages later. But it's the key is just starting with something stupid small that you can finally move yourself in a direction that will help build the bigger life that you truly want.
1: Yeah. One of my best friends, he owns uh, Aglox Construction. They actually do a lot of work for us. They build all all of our decks and roof decks and stuff like that. He used to always say small bites. Mm -hmm. I mean – because i used to call mike a paper chaser like you call mike i'd say hey man i need you to take care of like a disposal for some All right, i'll be there boom gone like damn mike why are you and it just seemed like he's always chasing money but he's like dude it's small bites small bites small bites and now mike you know what i mean they're building houses you know what i mean and it just you mean the system 12 13 crews out there running every single day and it just it was all small bites small bites small bites and it's the same way with this 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 word that because success means anything like but this word that we call success and that we portray it to be something the the success that we see that we think we see in businesses I'm actually having some world epiphanies on what I think success is now starting the definition is actually starting to change with me it's something that's recently happening Mm -hmm. but we have to take small pieces of it to grow it every single day like there's no way you and I are going to be knocking down these five hundred hundred thousand dollar projects. If you I mean it was just one, we just picked up today. Like I had to learn how to do a ten thousand dollar job. I learned how to do a twenty thousand dollar job. I learned how to manage a forty thousand dollar job. I mean, and then so on. And now, I mean, we we basically every job we sell right now is about one fifty, two hundred. We manage those. And we're just slowly picking up and more. But, and then how we're managing them now, you mean the way that's happening, the phone calls, we understand the small, every single day, there's a piece of that job that has to be touched every single day. I got to have a phone call with the contractors. We got to have some type of conversation, some information every single day, what's going on. And we're managing, you mean it all that way, just by little bits and pieces here and there. And that's really just how life works. But even the whole tone of success, I've been around business all my life. You know, like I've only had two jobs and both of those jobs only lasted two years total, total. So I don't really know what it's like to even be managed, have a manager other than the Marine Corps. I don't I don't I don't know what it's like to go through that corporate structure. That's why if anything pops off at the job, I'm I'm first to pop off and probably not really a good employee because I don't really do that snickety shit. Like I don't understand that little the little Water cooler, stinkity shit with somebody's talking shit here and something here. If that shit comes out, I'm just going to fuck everybody up. You know what I mean? And (laughs) it's over. I'm gone. The last job that I had, I can't even count it as jobs because I had it three weeks because some shit popped off and I blew up within three weeks. And I was like the very best salesman that they've ever seen, I think, on this side of the fucking Mississippi. I mean, literally. Sold a car every single day I was there, and I was I was on track to sell thirty something cars in the first month. If you know anything about car sales, when you sell about ten to twelve, and I, and my goal was sixty five. I was just in a different mindset, but some shit popped off. I cussed everybody out and basically did a Hollywood co and walked the fuck out. I mean, it was pretty pretty wild, pretty intense. You know what I mean? But I'm starting to see that I've been around business all my life, but I haven't been around people who are enjoying it. And so now the definition of success to me is starting to like, I don't give a fuck if you brag about how many employees you have or, or how big is your office and how big is your building? I just, I want to get the fuck away now. Like I want to go to somewhere and just hang out and chill and just enjoy, maybe go on a nature hike or maybe go to the mountains or, or go flying or do like, that's the definition of success to me. But yet when I look back, everything's still running. I yeah. mean, like, I mean, you and I were talking the other day, like the reason why I was asking about Florida is because Isabel has a class she's going to, and I need to study for this pilot's license, pilot thing, because I have not been paying the rent. I've been paying the rent and flying the plane, but I have not been paying the rent and studying. So here I am just agreed to buy an airplane and I don't have these damn license yet. So I got to hmm. pay the rent on studying. So we're like, let's just go to Florida for, you mean, four or five days, get a nice spot and just study. I mean, yeah. and so these, and I can still look back and everybody's still at work. I mean, the office manager still running stuff. The crews are still doing their thing. To me, that's the level of success that I'm starting to see and I want to enjoy. I, I don't really give a shit about bragging about what I got and who's working, you know?
0: No, absolutely, dude. And you know, there's something so beautiful about that. Once you finally get a taste of that other side where you can leave your business and it either sustains itself and it doesn't burn or it grows, that's always the benefit, right? If it grows on that side. Uh, But to see your team crushing it, you know, over time, if that's your goal, if that's success to you is to be able to have choices. So you can choose to take a vacation, a long awaited vacation with your family. You can choose to do that. It's not something that you have to be forced to do or that you can't do. You could say, you know what? No, this summer, I want to take my kids to Disney World. I'm going to take them to Yellowstone, whatever it might be. It doesn't matter. But when you do that and you put the systems in place to make that happen so your business can run without you there, the next thing you know, you're like, holy crap, if I could do that for a week, what about two weeks? What if what if I was able to set this up and, and, and we try it for a week or hell, even three days for that matter to start out with and the whole place didn't burn down, then what does it look like for two weeks? And you're like, well, two weeks work too. Okay, why not three? You know, Dwayne, a lot of people make fun of me because my wife and I and, and kids, we travel a lot, right? Our average year that I'm out of the office and that, you know, we travel together or I'm traveling for seminars or, or you know, other business things between the different companies is usually eight to 12 weeks of the year that I'm traveling somewhere out of the office. Now, does that mean that I'm sitting on a beach and my toes up drinking a margarita? Fuck no, like, that's, that's not my lifestyle. I love, absolutely love to work when I'm, when I'm on vacation. I, I love that. And it's not that I'm not there for my family. I do all the family stuff and then I'll go in and spend an hour looking at emails and chatting with the office or other things. I love doing what I do. So it's not to me like I need to completely disconnect and stay away from everything. Do I need to do that? Probably not. They're actually probably better off without me. But the point is that I like to be part of the soup. I like to be part of that. And for me, that's that's something that's so inside of me. It's not like there's there's Josh in business and there's Josh in personal. Like that's not what it is. To me, they're all this. It's all one thing. It's all who I am. I love to serve, and I serve through business at a much higher level than I even can personally. Uh, so that's so for me. They're all different levels of the same thing. So to this. To disconnect completely from that for weeks on end It's not something i'm really excited about because i'd love to be part of the conversation. I'd love to be in there But do I mean that I, I disconnect for 12 16 18 even 24 hours a time. Sure. Yeah, I definitely do that I disconnect there's times when I have to disconnect because the pressure is just getting to be too much Let's be honest, right? But most 99% of the time I can't wait to get more of it Even like right now i'm talking to you i'm in maryland i'm on a vacation with my wife And, um, you know, we're shooting podcasts today because I love doing this, right? I got my whole little podcast set up here and Dwayne's in Chicago, and we're just having a conversation about this whole concept. But for me, I'd be perfectly happy traveling around the world, doing stuff like this, working with the team, adding my value as much as possible. But to to your point of success, that is success to me is having the choice whether I want to work in my office or do I want to work? Somewhere else. I mean, what's an office? What, what is an office at the end of the day? Does it have to be the room that you specify as an office? Could it be an airport. Sure. I know Dwayne works a lot from airports and airplanes, right? That can be your office. You can work from the lounge there. You can get out. You could be at the beach and your family could be out running around for a little bit. You come in and pop in, do some work. Out you go back to the family again and you can live a life like that. And I love that kind of connection yet disconnection and moving around. So success to me is having choices and being able to do that with a free mind and having no guilt.
1: Yeah, dude. You, you, I mean, I don't. You probably I don't know if you've done it before, but you like a first class seat, and say you're doing a trip to maybe Florida or California, and you pull out that laptop, buddy, and you draw a design. That client is going to be blown the fuck away because the inspiration that you get at 34,000 feet looking out the clouds, and I think there's a sort of business success feeling that comes too. Like, I mean, you're important now. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm on the airplane and people are looking like, wow, this guy, what the fuck is he doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. And you're just, you're just in a zone working your ass off, drawing away. So there's a lot of times, dude, that I buy a plane ticket just to go somewhere, just mm. to get a job done. Yeah. You know, I was telling my doctor the day before yesterday and he was like, what? I said, yeah, dude. I said, I, I buy a plane ticket. I said, I'll go fly to Boston because Boston is sort of one of the cheapest routes in Chicago. You can do it for like 80 bucks round trip. I'll go to Boston if I'm stuck on the design. I'll just get a plane ticket and I'll (laughs) tell my wife. And she's like, where are you going today? I'm like, I'm going to Boston. You're going to take me to the airport or I got an Uber? You know what I mean? I'm gone. Like, I'm not waiting for you. I'm just gone. I'll get a plane ticket and sometimes I'll route it through Philly, Philly to Boston and Boston to back. Just depends on what's going on. Go to Boston. I don't even leave the airport. I draw and I draw and I do my thing. When I come back, that design's done and it's badass and it's it's just. But that's what does it for me. I mean, yeah. It's probably why I'm buying an airplane. You know I mean?
0: So <laughs> I can't wait to see you design when work. you're flying. <laughs> <laughs> autopilot. It's, it,
1: the plane has autopilot. The plane has okay. autopilot. Okay, good,
0: good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
1: that's I'll so get it to like five, six thousand feet. I'll click the button. You <laughs> mean drop in the GPS and I'm. I'll, I'll get back to work. You know what I mean? I be it. dangerous as hell. Don't tell nobody. Matter of fact, if you're an FAA listening to this podcast, don't hold me back. But.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I find the same thing when it comes to flying. There's uh, Each year I like to do at least one or two personal growth events per- by myself. Nobody else, nobody else I know. I want to be the the only person I know there is me, right? And then I I, I get to find all these amazing souls and grow with them and really – Find different parts of my own personality that I never knew I wanted to discover, right? It's really very interesting and I I like to do at least one or two of those a year And when I fly back and forth these events or hell fly for for that for, for that matter anyway by myself I find that I have some of the most amazing Thought strings or threads that I that I have anywhere like for me when I wake up in the morning I can have that where I have like an hour of just clear mindset where I can think about something and just draw it out in my head words pictures whatever i'm working on that day and the same with flying for some reason there's something about flying and being by myself on an airplane or in an airport that i just have an idea and i'll just ride that thing out and i'll look back in an hour and be like where the fuck did that come from holy crap and i don't know if anybody else out there listening has the same thing that Dwayne and i have on airplanes but my goodness it's powerful and i was like i'm just gonna fly to Dwayne's point i'm just gonna fly places to have that those epiphanies and have those extremely clear moments like I said, it's it's really something quite beautiful. Some of my best ideas for business and for personal growth and all that have come from being on an airplane by myself or being in an environment where I don't know anybody but myself, right? And and then kind of go in there and you just you can discover different parts of yourself as you've never seen them before.
1: Yeah. Because um I'm reading uh I'm not even reading a book, I was just I actually sent you the video. I don't know if you I don't know if I sent it to you, but it's you know, Napoleon Hill's book, Think and Grow Rich, mm-hmm. uh, chapter eleven is um about sex transmutation
0: mm-hmm.
1: did you I read that chapter
0: no I don't think so ever I said started that.
1: studying it more I started yes. studying in more detail mm-hmm. about what that really means you know my my sex head you know what I mean <laughs> always going crazy I'm a, always going crazy thinking about it but I'm learning that creativity is actually not seen it's it's in the mind mm-hmm. and so if our eyes are always awake seeing it we're sort of clouding it but the moment our eyes are closed, we actually—that's when the creativity opens up and comes what comes out. I think that's what the airplane does for us because it's not normal. Like it's—you're not at thirty-four thousand feet and you don't see shit. So really, you're sort of blind. I mean, even mm-hmm. all you see is clouds or whatever. So then that creativity goes yeah. through and it actually does it even while your eyes are awake. So I think that's why it's so dope and amazing. I mean, I don't know why but it sounds like that whole thing of what I just said sounds good as hell and I'll stand by it
0: and I'll stamp it. (laughs) Approved by (laughs) Dwayne Drawn. No, I mean. The sex part too. (laughs) Of of course. Well, I mean, to wrap it up here, guys, you know, that the main thing to think about is is that success is rented, like we mentioned throughout this entire podcast. And if you want to pay rent every day, make sure that or if you want to continue to pay rent every day and not have to feel the pressure of it, it's really a matter of making sure that when you pay rent, it's at a level that you can afford to pay every day, right? So start with rich, start with, we'll start here, start with these things they call goals, right? And I'm going to kill that that word right now. But everyone knows the word goal. That's why I'm using it. Set a goal. Everybody does it the first of the year, whatever. I'm going to lose 50 pounds. I'm going to run this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make this much money. Some bullshit you know you're not going to do, right? Everybody does it because it's a tradition. Well, if you actually want those goals to come true, there's one way to make that happen. Actually, there's two things you have to do to make that happen, but one thing right off the bat. Take the word goal, shoot it in the fucking head, and call them musts. When you take your goals to musts, and you pick a few of them, not 50 of them, you pick a few that you will absolutely get done because you call them a must and you tell your family about them. You tell your friends about these things. Dwayne's mentioned it many times with the, with the plane. He's buying that fucking plane. That's the end of the day. He will figure out his path there. That's not the problem. The problem is you got to take him from goals to must. And so once they become an absolute uh, insane infatuation that you must get them done. All of a sudden the, the seas part and the mountains go flat and you can get there. It's not going to, it's going to be easy, but you have such a laser focus on those things. And that's the big thing, right? So making sure you take your, your goals to must make that absolutely. And bring them down to a few that you absolutely must achieve in a certain time frame. set a date to those things. I want to achieve this by this date. Okay. And tell everybody around you. So those are a few first steps. Now that's great that you've done all of that, you can sit on your ass and wait for the time to show up and think like, all right, well, I'm going to say October 8th, I'm going to run a marathon, right? Like I did last year. What am I going to do in that meantime? Sit here, twiddle my fucking thumbs, hope like hell somebody's going to come and show me how to run a marathon and no practice, no rent paid. Hell no. That's where the rituals kick in that two millimeter a day. You say, okay, well, if by October 8th, I want to run 26.2 miles and I want to do it in eight pace or better, what do I need to do? each day to get to that point. If you have a business goal, I want to hit a million dollars by the 31st of December. That's great. How are you working each day, two millimeters to get to that point? That is what you need to do. You need to lay it out, small incremental bites each and every day to get to that goal. You cannot sit there and work all year long, keep your damn fingers crossed like I used to do for most of my life and say, maybe it'll happen this year. Maybe it'll happen. Maybe I'll get that one job. will take me over the top and I'll hit that million dollar mark. No, it doesn't work that way. You need to incrementally work on your marketing. You have to work on yourself because, again, business is only marketing and innovation. If you're not innovating two millimeters a day and you're not marketing two millimeters a day, you can expect the rewards at the end, those musts to come true. It requires that constant payment of rent to get there. And if that's not for you, don't set goals. Simple because you're going to be just upset every single time you don't get there. Don't set those musts because you're never going to get there.
1: Yeah, I'll add to uh, my tips on this, and we can probably close the podcast out. But one of the things is when you do set your goals, fuck all this obtainable goal shit. That's bullshit. Whatever you think is attainable is just what's in your mind right now. Just like what Josh says, pick a must. Like Pick an airplane, or, or you mean I picked the airplane, which right now, here's the funny thing about this airplane. Right now, it only seems expensive to me because that's the mindset that I'm in. But I know the moment I buy the plane and I pay all the money and the plane shows up and I fly it for a year, I'm going to look up like, damn, I should have spent I mean another million. You know what I'm saying? Like It's only what I see obtainable right now. So it's really, I'm not even really, I could 10X that and, and get the jet, but I don't want to learn how to fly on the jet. It's actually, I truly do not want to learn how to fly on a 300 mile per hour plane. And now I'm a reckless ass bullet in the air running everybody to fuck over. I I don't want to learn how to do it. I want to learn how to on this one. That's nice to go from there. Okay, that do not set up. Don't don't this obtainable shit is because who knows what's obtainable? Anything is number two. And this is actually what I did after Tony Robbins. This is one of the things that really excelled the life. It was it was it's that hidden thing that you do behind the scenes and nobody else knows about every morning when I was doing my meditations and all that stuff, I actually would sit down and I would write a journal on mm-hmm. how the day was, how I was feeling. And I noticed that when I was doing that, I started noticing and logging the betterment of my mind, how I was getting better and how I was feeling. And then the days that I regressed, like, man, I'm I'm pissed off today or my wife said some stuff, pissed me off. You know, we regress. And then another thing that I was doing too, and this was really dope. I, I'm even thinking about going back to this, is I would write a checklist on things that I need to get done. Even things that I know I knew that I was going to do like even things that I knew I was going to do, I would still write it on my checklist and check them off. And it felt so dope to check them off. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, even though, like I said, I, I take a shower today. Like, you know what I mean? You got to take a shower every day, brush my teeth. You got to do that every day. But I would write that down and check that off. And it gave me this feeling of accomplishment. Yes. And I noticed that what happens is the more you start winning, you win more and more and more because yep. now you start trusting yourself and the confidence builds and you grow. But don't, and it was little small things. I mean, this whole little process, I mean, the, the mot- in between the motivation and meditation, and that, that was about an hour and a half of my morning, two hours of my morning. But I did it early, so it didn't mm-hmm. really affect my work or anything else from there. But it, what it did is it did affect my work. It made it better. Yeah. It made my life better. You know what I mean? And so yeah. those are some of the tips that I would give. And I know it works because it worked for me. So how, whatever works for you and how it works for you, try some things out. But also get outside your comfort zone. I, I see yeah. a lot of people just will not get away from what they think is comfortable. If you stay in your comfort zone, you will not get anywhere. Just just understand that. matter of fact, Josh – Let's make a podcast subject just on that alone. If you don't get out of that comfort zone, you're going to be stuck for life.
0: Got it, man. Totally, totally. That, That we could talk on for a long time. And, you know, again, to wrap this full circle here, you know, success is rented. Get out there and start paying the rent. Turn those goals into musts because it's not actually the goals or the musts that you're after. Truly, at the end of the day, it's the person you have to become to achieve those goals is your true treasure. That's a true success. Right now, well, not right now. A year and a half ago, I couldn't run a marathon. And then I did. And then I had to train my mind, my body to get to that point. I now have multiple businesses. I didn't have that a few years ago. And it's because I each day worked at two millimeters forward and also realized rent is paid every single day. But it's who do I have to become in order to be a serial entrepreneur? Who do I have to become? And then what do I have to read? Who do I have to meet? What coaches do I need to find? What kind of mentors do I need to find? All of that starts opening up bigger questions. Curiosity kicks in, right? How does, what do I need to do in order to get there? I'm not there now. I know a lot of you listening are probably like, that's great guys, you have all those things going on, but I'm just starting out, I'm just starting out a business. Like, what does this even mean? What it means is you gotta start the process. Everything starts, but it's not the, you don't wanna own a big business just so you can run around and point fingers at the business that you own. You wanna own a big business because at the end of the day, you have to become a business owner. And that's really the part that is exciting. It's, it's you coming from where you are now to what you have to be in order to achieve that must or that goal. That is truly the valuable piece in all of this.